confusing the, the soundtrack as intro and outro? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think there's really much of a way around it. Um, I think we're just infringing. But <laughs> the the most that I think that would happen is we'd get a cease and desist. Uh, welcome everybody to another edition of your father's favorite movies. It's the podcast where we cover movies that your father probably liked back in the day and give a fresh generational perspective on them. Today, we are covering the 1994 action classic, Keanu Reeves' Sandra Bullock. Speed! Speed. (laughs) Today, I'm joined uh, by myself, Kai Holland, and to my left, Chase, Derek, and our special guest, Aaron. (laughs) Aaron was here when we did our first Keanu Reeves movie, uh, Point Break. Also, our first episode. Um, she has not seen Speed since you were how old? Oh gosh, probably eight or nine, this maybe. Kind of like a fresh viewing. Yeah, definitely a fresh viewing. Um, this was not filed well in my mental archives, so <laughs> it was like watching it for the first time all over again. When, uh, I, I'm in the same boat with you. There's like little things that I remember, but for the yeah. most part, like. It was like watching it afresh. You know? Yeah, I literally didn't realize the whole movie was on a bus. When we, we started the movie, we were like, so what do you remember? And she's like, I only remember the scene on the bus. We're like, that's, you mean like 90% literally. of the, there's, yeah. I've seen this movie so many times. Um, I used to own the VHS. It was like a go-to rewatch. Um, on the playground, I would pretend I was Keanu Reeves and I would, uh, go up to other kids and be like, LAPD, get out of the car. <laughs> um, even though they weren't in a car and we were in Connecticut, and I didn't even know what LAPD really stood for. But um, yeah, I I love this movie. Derek, what's your relationship with it? I loved it too. Uh, it's very much in like my genre of what I love. You know, like over the top, ridiculous action movies with really funny one liners and over the top characters i was surprised because i've seen the movie a lot too but like i was surprised at how much like the movie had me hanging on till the end despite how much i've seen the movie like every scene the stakes were always raised to to the nth degree throughout the entire movie it's a nail biter it really was one thing after another like something would happen and you're like "Ah," and then it would happen again (laughs) there's never a dull moment and scenes like i I feel the same way there's stuff that i know it's going to happen but the scene is just so well done that i like i'm on the edge of my seat i also noticed that the sound design is really well done uh there's like a few different parts where uh he's like he's trying to get the news helicopters like out of there and you don't see the news helicopters on the screen, but they bring the sound of it in yeah. to kind of like mm. bring you into the world. Like you're, and, and oh, I bet yeah. if you're sitting in surround round, surround sound, you can get that. Like they probably have it panning. I Very would think. immersive for sure. Yeah. Aaron, what was your uh, impression watching it the first time since you were eight? Oh yeah, so. The reason I wanted to be a part of the speed viewing was because this was my first rated R movie I got to see. Yeah, so I think that's why it like stuck out. And we also had it on VHS. It's a good rated R. Yeah, shout out to my dad for letting me watch that. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, no, but it it was really funny. It was just from the over the topness. I mean, it was obviously a serious movie, but um very entertaining, very enjoyable and yeah, again, the one thing after another that was like ah. Yeah, do, like do you guys think that this would be rated R if it was made now? Well, the, the MPA still has like the the two fucks rule. Is that still a thing? Uh I thought that was just like 
what people thought. I that's hilarious. I, I, I think that that's that a like real a rule. rule. Like if you have more than one fuck in a movie, it's rated R, right? Uh. And there's so there's guess, a few of them. In, I can see why. Yeah, he, you mean he says the uh, saying, "Don't yeah, fuck with daddy." Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not like actually two <laughs> fucks. Like, Fuck! He does. He yeah. does say fuck when he times. learns that he Harry died. Lot, yeah. Fuck! Or when Sandra Bullock says, "Big asshole." Yeah. Big. <laughs> yeah. Or don't fuck with the daddy. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the bad guy uses fuck a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. So break it down for us, Kai. Oh yeah. We start off. Um, so it has the uh, the elevator shaft sequence. A guy comes into the uh, the basement. He's looking around. And he sees a guy that's working and some tools. He asks for like you know, a work permit or whatever. And uh, it's Dennis Hopper, who's the bad guy. He plays Howard Payne. And he stabs this guy in the ear with a screwdriver. It was, pretty, it was brutal. Like, yeah. That's, and I, that's how the movie starts. I thought he was, I thought he was going to pull a gun out from underneath and, like, give him a shot through the, the paper. I thought that, too, because yeah. you could definitely tell there was, like, like, a hidden weapon. Yeah, and he's like, no. <laughs> stick him in the brain. It's not personal. <laughs> that's yeah. what he says. That's not... <laughs> yeah. yeah. First one-liner. Like, so many one-liners. Yeah. yeah. A lot of them. Oh, my oh, God. Man. That that was one of my highlights for the movie, for sure. Just a great, ridiculous one-liner. I mean, there was another one-liner in that scene where, uh, oh. like, the cops are giving the breakdown to all the other cops to, like, let him know. And he's like, what's going to stop that elevator? And Keanu's like, the basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's chewing gum in the scene, too. He's just, yeah. he's totally chill, just... I've seen this a million times. It was like the look on his face. Yeah. Like, oh, it's another uh, 10 yeah. people in the elevator day. Pop quiz, <laughs> hot shot. Oh, yeah. That was interesting, all the pop quizzes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to, since we're like talking about this part of the movie, I got to uh, mention the first shot of Keanu Reeves and Jeff Daniels, uh, the, like the, the cop partners come into the shot, is their car flying 30 feet in the air over the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm like <laughs> pretty over the pretty top needless. intro character yeah. scene. Ugh. Plus, like all the axles in that car, if it lands, is gonna you know, like that's just a ridiculous. Smashed. Yeah, it's I, reinforced. They do that a lot. <laughs> it's just do. so funny. Like I, cars I, aren't built oh like they God. used to be. Yeah, <laughs> the axles in the cars in this movie are so strong. The nineties. Um, I, I spend a lot of time like uh, in the morning, like working in downtown LA. So I'm down there all the time, and so I kind of know the area where it comes. And, oh, yeah. and like, I looked at it, and like I was like. Honestly, like, is that un- that unrealistic? <laughs> like, of course it is. It is very hilly but, downtown. You're right. Yes, it is. Yeah, and like, yeah. you're always seeing crazy people downtown doing crazy things. And so I'm like, eh, it's it's unrealistic, but it's not that unrealistic. No, it's and true. I laughed. Right. I laughed that it. really added to the movie all the LA references and the fact that they were driving and speeding around the streets of LA. It was fun to watch totally. living here. Uh, you know, watching this movie after my whole experience with it but now that i live in la and i can recognize every like place where they're shooting and yeah it just adds so much to the movie this this movie makes me so pumped to live in the city it's just like such an la uh centric movie it also adds to the suspense because as all of us know the traffic in la is horrible (laughs) and the the whole movie is about them like trying not to go under certain miles per hour and that's impossible to do here i mean it took me an hour and a half to get here yeah in the last (laughs) i was just gonna say in the last couple days like we've all had like really tough traffic yeah 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 Yeah, can you imagine next time you're in traffic just imagine oh i have to keep the car going 50 miles an hour yeah i'm already stressed (laughs) yeah um, there, there was like we were talking earlier too like about those like 
one scene after the other, giving the intensity. It's like so first they got to get around the corner where the bus leans because oh. you know, and and then once they get that done, oh here comes the LA traffic. Get off the freeway, and they're like smashing against all these cars, like one thing to the next. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like very L- and like very LA stuff, like this traffic. You know, there's big freeways, and you yeah. think you're gonna go a different route, and it'll be better, and then it's the same. Yeah, you're a like, gridlock. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they. I love that they took a premise and they stretch as much creativity of stuff that they could go wrong and make really good action sequences out of one premise. Like they didn't waste anything. Yeah, but. And it was all in like a day, right? Like he saw that in the morning, like and they were like, "You have till like 11 a.m." Yeah. yeah, he he got yeah. the call at 8 a.m. and then uh, the zoom in on this on the watch. Oh, yeah. I wrote that down. All the like subtlety zoom ins on the bus driver on the watch. <laughs> yeah. It was like <laughs> yeah. Extra Do we know how much time effect. passed between the elevator incident and the bus? Enough time for Jeff Daniels' leg to heal. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. So I think that the elevator happened on a different day. So like the whole, yeah. the whole it scene definitely was did because they got the yeah. medal and the award. But it seems pretty close. It had to be a few weeks. The guy was walking on a cane, so it yeah. must have been at least two weeks. And then he was raiding a house, but that's without a, a cane. That's a good point because he was so like upset about getting his money. So to let that much time elapse does feel like a little bit of a gap. It's a yeah. good question. Um, but everything from the second part of the movie happens in a very short amount of time, almost real time, it feels. For sure. But, so uh, the movie is basically broken into three separate, really intense action scenes. The first one is the elevator shaft. Um, anybody's thoughts on that one? What did you guys think? That was great. Well, I was glad the elevator stopped because I remember learning about that in school, about how that's everyone's fear, but there are, like, the built-in breaks. So I'm like, sometimes these things can get a little over the top, but it's not realistic. So fun fact, there is braking in every elevator, just safety-wise. For sure. (laughs) Well, um, and, and you see them in the shot. Uh, yeah. When they when they first drop, those automatic brakes kick in. Yes. And it stops the elevator, but then uh, Keanu's character, Jack, yeah. he notices that the the lines are cut, and that it's not going to hold forever. Like that, he's the bomber has just has designed this whole thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you make a really good point, though, Aaron. Like. The it's a really good intro scene because everyone knows what it's like to be in an elevator and to think like, what if the elevator fell? So it's yeah. like a, it's a primal, like pe- people's fear of falling is part of and it. And the claustrophobic and environment. Yeah. You're stuck. Yeah. You're trapped. Mm-hmm. And you know. it, it was what thirteen people like something like think that. Think about yeah. being yeah. stuck in an elevator with thirteen panicking. people. Everyone's freaking Body out, panicking. Yeah. The smells. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I mean, how many how many pounds is that? You know, thirteen people. That's like a lot of weight. You know, three thousand yeah. pounds, something like that. It's yeah. fast math. I liked how the intro too kind of segued into that. Like all the pre credits oh, were yeah. like clicking yeah, off on each floor. And it slowly yeah. goes down the whole elevator shaft. And, yeah, and then it goes down to the basement layers. And then, in case you didn't catch that, when they open the door at the bottom, it says like basement floor access. Yes. You know, yeah. they're they're, they're just building tension. Like this right. whole movie is all about building That's tension. That's a great point. When we were watching the opening credits. Someone was like, "Man, this is a really tall building." Because it just <laughs> goes on for. I rem- and when I first watched it with my dad, I'm like, "Let's just skip through this. Just music." No, he's like, "No, like, 
this is part of the movie. You gotta, you know, appreciate this part too. Wise. Uh, the elevator. <laughs> I feel like our dads would get along. One person dies, right? They, the guy gets stabbed, in, but no, none of the people in the elevator die, they, right? He he saves every one of them. Yeah. I Even, thought that that lady was good. I know. Yeah, the lady look on her face doesn't want to get out. They certainly yeah. the built martyr. the tension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was. I thought that's what I was. She scared or was she? Was, she yeah. Like, she was just. She yeah. was like, she was like she paralyzed. Was like, I, give, yeah, I, I give up. I thought she was like, no, everybody else go. I'll be the last one. Like. Yeah, she saw Sailor the on a ship. elevator jerking. I think she's just afraid of she, she's getting cut in half. Them. Yeah, I mm-hmm. thought she I was certainly would be. I'd yeah. be like, get me on the next okay. floor. <laughs> if you had to be one of the hostages, would you have rather been in the elevator or the bus? Oh, probably the bus. Oh, I'd man. Elevator. I think the bus, too. I'd, I'd think the bus. I'd need to see out. Yeah. You have Less no windows in the elevator. Yeah. But the, they're on the bus for so much I longer. I know, you're right. It was so much It'd longer. terrifying. Oh, because they're in the elevator know. for what, an hour? Maybe. Uh, in the elevator? Yeah. Yeah, they, they gave him an hour. So. 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah. It is a good prequel to the, to the main thing. it early. Thing. <laughs> it was a great setup. I was thinking, like, this is a great interesting. It sucks you right in and sets you up for, like, the premise. Like, you have this hero who's a wild card and the villain who's, oh, by the way, is over the top. Just oh, like man. all of these other great 80s, early 90s villains. Yeah. So over the top. Yeah, Dennis Hopper. There he was, was going no lulls. Yeah. No, they get past the first scene. Everything looks good, and then he's back for vengeance. Mm. It's, you know, he's back because of some ridiculous reason. Like he got taken off the force, and he's got to get revenge and get his money. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, yeah. He uh, so he clearly was like a bomb specialist on the force. Right. Uh, he uh, lost some some. Like, was it one finger or his thumb? His thumb. Or... Okay, was that ever resolved? Did they talk about that? How that felt like a, a he lost loose it, end. He lost it uh, on the like during the job, and that's why he was collecting disability. Yeah, he, got, he was he like, got I got my thumb shot off, and oh, okay. right. I get a I, cheap like, gold watch and a cheap pension. Hear that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like everyone, everything seems fine and dandy, and then a bus explodes, and, and then. And then a payphone rings. And then a pain phone rings. And by the way, the, the sound effect, I, I oh, recognized shit. that too. I was like, Wait, there's a phone? where's the phone coming from? It was good audio on yeah. that part. But yes, yeah, that's our that would be death the number death, two. Right? Yeah. The, uh, uh, so Jack, Travin, Keanu, he's at a location that Aaron recognized because it's on Ocean in Santa Monica. What yeah, on Main Street in Santa Monica. Main oh, it's uh, like a firehouse Ocean. cafe. Yeah, so he's there and, there and he's, friend, he's uh, chummy with the, the bus driver and he's like... Uh, yeah, last night, last time I had a night partying like that, woke up married, and that's the last thing we hear him say. And then uh, Jack Travin goes out, and we see him in the background, and his bus blows up, and, and that's the work of uh, Howard Payne. And that's when the phone call happens that Derek was talking about. Yeah, and so that's when he breaks down. Uh, you know, he, he basically tells Keanu, like, "All right, look, you're my target. This mm. is between me and you. Like, if I told you there was a bus, you know, if it goes over fifty miles an hour." Uh, it's the bomb is activated. The bomb is activated. If it drops under fifty miles an hour, the bomb will explode. Uh, what What do you do? And Keanu's like, "Well, I'd want to know the number of the bus." He's like, Good. You think I'm going to tell you? <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I think you are going to tell me." And he's like, "Right again." Or whatever he says. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. Uh, so so yeah, they they basically you know they use that to like jump into like you know here's the plot you know here's here's the bulk of the movie. Act two, bam. Well, I think yeah. it's really great too. I, th- I think that it's uh, the plot is very simple. 
you know, it's not complicated. There's not all these crazy, ridiculous schemes or like politics. It's a very simple premise that everyone can understand and be yeah. afraid of, you know. So it's like you're there with them. And there's yeah. some, there's some good irony in there too. Like uh uh Sandra Bullock's character Annie, uh she like almost doesn't make it on the bus. You know, she yeah. chases right. down the bus to get on, right? Right. Yeah. And then she knows the bus driver, Sam, and she says hi to him, and blah, blah, blah. And Sam's kind of messing with her, too. Like, by This keep, ain't no bus driving. stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Elsa, the tourist, is like, man, I just came from LAX, and it took me hours to get here. And that's where they end up at the end. Oh, and yeah. it's yeah. like, oh, you're back here. I've already right. been to the airport. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then uh, Annie ends up driving the bus, but her driver's license has been revoked. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She, the irony but, is great. You know, yeah, they're just all these little things are just you know, like you're saying, Kai. They're ringing out like every single possible angle. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, what did yeah. your what did your license get revoked for? Speeding. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect example. <laughs> you're like you're this, hired. Also, that's, that's another thing. Yeah. Like the dialogue yeah. is so like like it's an action movie. The like, action's a priority, but the dialogue is so witty and so like you know it's well written. Like all the characters are likable and they have really good asides and. There, there's some bad lines in there too, though. Oh yeah, though yeah. Like what? Like, uh, uh, Mac, he's one of the he's a lieutenant, I think. Is he the uh, yeah, the black the guy? The, yeah, yeah. yeah, the, yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's like the lieutenant Big of man. the police force. Yeah, uh, he's like he said he says something like, "Yeah, they got dead." Oh, he's, like, you know, he always oh, says, like, don't, don't, get don't get dead. dead. Don't get dead, yeah. 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 That's actually, I, I don't know, we say that to each other sometimes. Like, I, like I say it. that kind of stuff. I, don't think I, I, would, I would never use that string of English. Yeah, it's like slang. It's just like it's just like saying it in some witty way. But, like, I've yeah. said that before. Yeah. Like, not, not like, don't get dead, but, like, something along those lines. Well, I knew that that was the wrong way to say it, it but I said it anyway. It's a way yeah, of yeah, expressing yeah. that you care about your the people working for you while also, like, holding on to your masculinity. <laughs> In a way that you're not like, hey, don't don't die. It's like don't get dead. It's just cooler. To, it it's, just comes out yeah. with more swagger. I don't Slick. know. Slick. Yeah. All right. So maybe the writers did think of that, and I'm not giving that line enough credit. Okay. I All like right. it. It's subjective too. You know, some lines appeal to some people, some not to others. See, sometimes I'm reasonable. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. So Keanu, um, he knows that there's a bomb on the bus, and he's got to get on. He's got to like stop the bus from going over 50 miles an hour because it's still like you know. Still, still in LA traffic. Flying down the 105. Yeah, he gets in this guy's uh, awesome Jaguar. A car. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He's like, he's like LAPD. You got to get out of the car. And then the the guy's like, Hey man, this is my car. It's not stolen. I own this car. He pulls a gun on it. And he's like, Well, it is stolen now. <laughs> he fucking pulls a gun on get the Get in guy. the passenger seat. Yeah. He's like, Oh, yeah. Like that. That's you know like. You don't you don't pull your gun unless you're like threatening someone with yeah. life. Are you gonna shoot the guy over his car? Like, <laughs> pull out your badge, show him that. Well, he did, and, but and like guy... that's all that's all it should be. It's like you're gonna pull out your gun. Like... There was zero time for negotiation. Right, right. that's right. exactly no, right. exactly exactly. He's he's playing hardball and he gets the car. Yeah, yeah. are you insured? Yeah, I was just oh, thinking yeah. of that. Yeah, and he smashes off the side of the guy's car, oh, like yeah. the door the of the guy's door. car. Which so there's there was like several moments where this happened that kind of bothered me, kind of a goof in my opinion. Uh, the bus is like smashing into all kinds of stuff, like oh, yeah, in, like almost all of those impacts are alone are enough to slow that thing down from 
Oh yeah, when it was hour. going off the the exit and it was hitting like car after car, there's no way. Well, it's like gonna... it hits the water barrels, which that yeah. would slow you down considerably. Yeah, like the amount of inertia the water has. You know, you would ha- you'd have to hit that thing at like seventy miles an hour in order to not drop below fifty. Yeah, and then and then it hits like you know twenty posts in a row. Like you're not going to blow through twenty posts and maintain fifty miles an hour. It's just not. This no. Possible, yeah. you know? Also, any of the curves, I'm like, I don't know that they were whipping that hard. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it was extremely entertaining to watch. That's the thing. Right it's on. like every part about like the action scenes with the bus are so impractical if you break them down, like, and you apply them. There's actually a MythBusters episode breaking down That's scenes great. in this movie. That's great. Specifically, yeah. one that we'll get to later, but. <laughs> Uh, that's what I love about this movie. It's just so impractical, but it it d- plays it in a way that you totally buy into everything that's happening, even Absolutely. though it's ridiculous. And, and we're just about to the one of the best quotes of this movie is about to come up when uh, Jack leans his head down and t- tries to like take a look at the bomb, and then he puts his head up and he says, "There's enough C4 on this bus to blow a hole in the world." <laughs> <laughs> Man, Keanu just nails that delivery so good. That is ridiculous. I I wonder, like, gosh, because if I was an actor and that that line was given to me, I'd be sitting there at the table read, like, really? Like, this is what you guys want me to say? You know, yeah, it would be hard to like fully commit. Well, I almost like wonder if a different line was written and somebody at the table read was like, uh, you know, whatever noun they use blow a hole in this bus no not big enough not crazy enough like blow a hole in the pavement no 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 no. you gotta go bigger blow a hole in the world and it was probably like sarcastic and they're like we're doing that somebody yeah. give that guy a raise the original line was universe and keanu reeves like let's scale it back let's keep it world you know on this planet oh thanks keanu make it more relatable um okay so keanu is on the bus uh sandra bullock uh, takes the wheel because the, the bus driver gets shot from an altercation with a guy who has a gun and thinks that Keanu's there for them. Oh, yeah. Well, so th- this is like an, a good a good example of like they keep having dilemmas. Yeah. You know, like the, the bus driver gets shot. Now they got to take care of that problem. And, you know, like that's just another problem on top of like the fact that they're on a bomb, a bus with a bomb and they got to keep it over yeah. 50. The, the, the premise itself is like. Um, it's a conflict. It's like, all right, so the bus, there's a bus driving in LA and it has to stay above 50. That alone is like their stakes. And they, what they, the movie's so good about doing is they stretch out all of the possible scenarios. Like Keanu has to get on the bus and keep it over 50. They do it by him. He, he gets in a car with a guy who's like, doesn't want his car to get scratched up. And then Keanu drives, driving like a <laughs> madman. And it's just the most funny. And he has to like write a, a sign. That says there's a bomb on the bus, and then the guy slips, and the sign goes right against the window. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. you, you and have like, like a dramatic zooms in. <laughs> yeah. It's like that's just <laughs> that's just genius uh, storytelling. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like everything that could have gone wrong, except for, except for like the main thing that if it went wrong, every, the story would be over. But everything else goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. The freeway you know? is like under construction, and oh, they yeah. can't yeah. even. Which, which is an LA trope. The, the always right. going on. Right. Always. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good point, actually. Yeah. So, like, so they're on the bus for a while. They get the bus driver off. And then, but then there's, like, people start getting, like, well, why does the bus driver, you know, get to get up? Oh, but we yeah. don't. And there's, like, this panic, you know, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so they, they take death, the bus yeah. driver. 
And yeah, this, and then the woman tries to escape, and then uh, uh, the bad guy sees it, and he triggers a small bomb, which just blows up the door, and then she gets yeah dead. Sucked away. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't um, like her very much anyway, to be honest. <laughs> you could definitely like feel the unease with that lady. You, you knew like uh, she was going to be she, so, yeah. Yeah, responsible for some kind of panic that was probably going to lead to... Like, that's part of why like the lady in the beginning, I thought that she would die. Because there's something off about her, her yeah. character. Like, no, no, this one's different. You know, like, yeah, so, not yeah. going I with think the crowd. We credit casting on that, because like I think the casting director was was probably like, all right, we need like like a lady that has like a little bit of a fucked up mouth, like so, yeah. that, we, so that when we see her, we're we're already like, oh. Like, <laughs> we're a little at unease, like because yeah. you can tell she's a little at she, uneasy. Exactly. Yeah, she's like a functional LA, you know, pedestrian that you see, but you know, like she's kind of close to being crazy. She so seemed like kind of a Karen as well. Yeah, uh-huh. I was yeah, getting that vibe. For sure. we, we introduced to her like annoying Sandra Bullock who moves over to her seat. Should but... we talk about some of the fun characters on the bus? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so we've got Ortiz, also known as Gigantor. <laughs> That's a great uh, that guy is awesome. He's probably one of my favorite characters in the movie. Yeah. He really was like an unsung hero. Like, totally. Came right. in clutch so many times. Sort of like yeah. a voice of reason kind of character. Yeah. yeah. Like blue collar worker, humble but hero type. He there saved to save the day. When yeah. when Jack was stuck under the bus, uh, he saved him. He pulled him out. He got his toolkit and uh, you grab know. my legs. Somebody grab my legs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Grab his legs. Yeah, and you're right. He didn't receive that much of a thanks or any kind of like any. You know, he was just yeah. He was an unsung hero. He, yeah. he was there. He did the part, and then yeah. God bless that man. So, so then we've got the tourist who's played by the same actor that uh, is play plays Ferris Cameron Bueller. in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, oh my gosh! Yes, which is a pretty funny like role difference because you know very recognizable guy. Everybody knows him as Cameron the Bummer. You know, I kind of thought of him as the same. I thought he was like kind of a bummer. No, well, so in the, when we first see him in the movie, he's like, "Hey, very like, spunky. I'm in L.A. Like this is so exciting. Oh, can you tell I'm a tourist? Look, I got a map. Like, uh, he's like, you know, taking this, photos like, of literally everything. Yeah, he's like this, like sort of like happy, excited to be here guy. Yeah, and he he does kind of lose it, but think about the circumstances of the situation. But he but he do, he turns and in, sort of into that character of like oh like a down, He's good at being the downer. Like yeah, it, yeah. he eventually became you know the downer. I can't arc. die here, man. Yeah. This is the wrong bus. Oh, man. <laughs> there was a there was another character. I already saw the airport. <laughs> yeah. There was there was the character who uh, called him out on like you can't stop this bus. Yeah, it was, it was sort of like the like a hippie the type LA guy. Uh, it was like this hippie. He kind of like dirty hair with like this oh, like yeah. flowery like shirt. Yeah, it looks like a very much L.A. guy in the 90s. Yeah, like kind of like standing up for his rights. Like, you can't stop us, man. You can't do this or that. Like, there was he was that guy. Oh, I think I might even have the quote. Uh, you think you're really tough, Gigantor? Why don't we take this outside? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's yeah. Just really that was funny because the they're on a bus going 50 miles uh, an hour. Why don't we take this outside? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? And now that we're talking about these characters, you know, you think about them, like each of these is like represents a particular character that you would see on a bus. Yeah. The blue collar worker on his way to the construction site. You know, the uh, the, uh, the tourist there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the guy's got like a criminal history and guy know, who's the, got a criminal history the, that the kind of sits crazy. in the back, doesn't want anything to do with thing. But yeah. if the cop comes on, he's like, oh fuck. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, there's like the middle aged black woman who's like concerned about getting back to her baby. 
Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there geez. was like a couple. Yeah. The Karen, and then and then Annie's character, the woman who's always late to the bus, but you know she's just charming enough for the bus driver to be like, all right, all right, let her on. Yeah. Her it, on. Well, and then we have Sam, the bus driver. Yeah. Um, uh, he, and he's awesome. Yeah. He he plays such a great character. He's yeah. great. So I feel like those are all sort of stereotypical characters that you'd see on a bus. You know, and like that's I think that they did that on purpose, like to let you in on like this is like how it would be on a bus. Yeah. On. on your way to work on a Wednesday with these people, you know? yeah. And like, like one lady's like, or, or it's the lady that uh, blows up and she get hit, gets hit by the bus. Uh, she's like, ah, oh, like I just love doing the bus. Like you know, I can kind of just sit here and do, oh yeah, whatever oh, yeah. in the beginning. And then Annie's like, I miss my car. <laughs> like yeah. she's she getting annoyed by everybody. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've actually never been on an LA bus since I've lived here. Really? Yeah. There, there was one time when my car had broken down, and uh, I had to get from North Hollywood to Northridge, and uh, which sound like they're right next to each other, but they're not. Uh, and I had to take like two separate buses. It took me like an hour and a half to get to work, and then I had to work an eight-hour shift, and then it took me like a little over an hour and a half to get back home on different routes. Yeah. That's annoying. Yeah, the bus isn't very efficient. I looked it up when I was first moving here and like seeing if it would be good to get to work, but it was like more time than driving. So I was like, that's the payoff, though. It is the cheapest way if you don't have a car. Yeah. Taking Uber is expensive in LA, but if you've got to save money, you can take the bus. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so that lady dies. Right. Um, They they start to find a little bit more out about the bad guy, right? Um, yeah, so um, you know that he he attaches his gold watch to the uh, the bomb device, and when uh, Keanu Reeves is under the bus, he sees that he's trying to like he's calling up his friend trying to what disarm, he, the bomb. disarm the bomb. Yeah, and yeah he, he's he's calling Harry, played by Jeff Daniel, yeah, uh, who's like sort of the demolitions expert, right? Um, Keanu's sort of like an understudy. So while while Keanu is like handling things on the bus, Jeff Daniels. He's uh, researching the guy. He's like, oh, I, th- I know this guy's a cop. Like, and then they find him, and they find out where he lives. And there's a SWAT team that goes out to raid his house, and uh, the house is booby trapped. And a number of SWAT team people, including Jeff Daniels, die. Yeah. Do we get uh, a kill bad. count on that? Would we estimate? I think my estimation was eight. I think that's right. Two. It's eight. Yeah. It, it also it didn't look like all eight of them died. It looked because it looked like a couple of them just got like knocked unconscious, but it's tough to tell how many were there because it initially it looks like there's two teams, but then when the explosion happened, it looks like there's a third team waiting outside. So I feel like everyone that was in the house yeah. got to count as dead. Gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of looked up the kill count before we watched the movie, so I'm just doing subtraction here by like being like, okay, so it must be eight people that died in that okay. scene. Okay, I felt um, that, I feel like that's about right. That's fine. Yeah, like and that part of the story is good too because like you it shows you like the bad guy is even smarter than we thought he was you know, he's he already thought always of a that. step ahead yeah, yeah he was a step ahead yeah and, and it was yeah. a very cat and mouse game also because he was former la or just uh police department yeah. uh, atlanta so, pd atlanta pd oh, yeah atlanta. so he already knew their thought process and kind of what steps they were gonna have to take just right. protocol wise 
smart guy. Yeah, he like knew how they would handle certain situations. Yeah. Which was he a knew theme. how they would try to defuse the bomb, so he had like unique ways of disguising everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. And there was the whole pop quiz thing throughout the whole movie of pop them kind quiz, of hot going back and forth on each other. <laughs> right, right. He's testing him for his knowledge. Yeah. So uh, I'm curious if that's like a uh, like I guess SWAT training or police training. Like they they have these like scenarios for negotiators like. Hmm. If this is happening and this is happening, what's the moral decision? Right. Where's the moral high ground? It like, sounds like the hardest quiz. test ever. Yeah. <laughs> on the spot, too. They're, they're on the gun. You're like, pop quiz. What do you do? And he's got you know three hours to solve the whole thing. Well, huh. and, and I couldn't tell if that's like a police thing and everybody's like knows about it or whatever. Or if it goes back to that first scene in the elevator shaft where uh, the bomber... Howard Payne is listening in on the conversation between Jack. I think it's yeah. that. The only time I've ever heard, like, you know, that sort of interaction is from this movie. Like, oh, pop quiz. We got the scenario. What's, what do you, how do you play it out? I think it's just a really good writing between Keanu Reeves and his partner, Jeff Daniels. Okay. Yeah. You should ask Ryan. Oh, Ryan. Oh, yeah. Oh, he would have been a good, you know, extra guest on the podcast. We should have checked if he was available. Ryan was our call, guest you know, on call RoboCop. Lifeline. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call our friend. Yeah. Yeah. That would be sweet if we had a phone. We could just call people like, yo, we need your opinion on this right <laughs> We're now. We're going to fact check in real time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool to have people call in, too. Yeah. That, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so SWAT team is dead. Um, so they, they uh, figure out that the bad guy has got a camera. He's got access to the internal bus camera. He can see what's happening because before they thought he was only watching through the helicopter news footage. So uh, what they do is they play a tape on repeat on a minute loop, and while the tape is being played, they evacuate all of the people except for Keanu and Sandra Bullock because uh, they just the the tourist guy fucks up the the bridge or something, or they run their tire blows and so, whatever. So yeah, yeah, tire blows. Uh, the tourist is the last guy to switch from the bus to the truck, and uh, they, it, it kind of destroys their little pathway bridge. So they have to come up with a new solution, yeah. one thing after another. So they uh, they uh, use a pole to uh, keep the 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 throttle down, and yeah. they lay on a plank that comes out of the floor. And so they eject themselves from the the bus as the bus is going, you know, over, over 50. 50. <laughs> yeah, we know it, we know that much. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and it drives perfectly through this hangar. Yeah, it goes it, around it a dodges plane. a plane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the most impressive part. The yeah. steering on the Phantom bus. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think the most impressive part is probably the the video guy for the news company and there the cops come to him and like hey we need you we need you to make a loop of the passengers and then we're going to broadcast that loop on we're going to hijack like the channel that it's broadcasting on we're going to have you like intercept the loop and put it in without the, the bomber knowing that we've done this all in like two minutes yeah, it's the like you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to edit scene. the tape fast enough. You know? Yeah, was them asking him too, and the like long <laughs> drawn out pauses, or like, can you do this? And he's, he's like, just glaring at them. It's like, record this. It's recording. <laughs> yeah. He just lingers, like looking at him, and nerve. he's like, can you do it? Yeah, I can do it. <laughs> which, which I'm curious if uh, if there was some kind of contentiousness in the '90s between the cops and everybody else, and the reporters, in you know, mm-hmm. the LAPD. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it but, was the um, chief. He's just dr- drilling him down his throat. 
So so when the bus is driving on its own, it, it crashes into an airplane. The whole thing blows up. Uh, I'll spoil some research now and say that shot alone costs eighty thousand dollars. Eighty thousand uh, or eighty million? Eighty? Th- no, no, no. They, no. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about million? the price of these planes. Was, uh, I read they the cost of that plane was eighty thousand dollars. So That's, maybe it was out of commission, but they blew up the plane. It was a prop. It must have been a prop it, then. I think it's yeah, a real so plane. That so plane cost eighty thousand. Yeah. That seems really low. Seems that was cheap. like a double-decker plane. That's what I was joking. Maybe yeah. there's something broken about it. I don't know. The I'm 90s. also curious. The, the, the shot of the plane when it explodes, we're only seeing like a portion of the plane. Uh, and then before that, we see a plane painted the same way moving. So I wonder if they had a functioning plane in one of the shots. And then there's a copy. It's mm. just like a, it's... You just know, the body. It's not really Maybe. a plane. Yeah. I should have followed that up. Metal. Uh, but I did. I did do a quick, uh, you know, half-assed internet research of uh, the cost of a 747 in 1994, and uh, I saw a range of anywhere from 20 million to 58 million dollars. <laughs> so if if you've got a city bus, which is you know probably a hundred thousand dollar vehicle, smashing into an exploding. A twenty million dollar plane that potentially has, and I mean the plane was moving, so there's multiple people on the plane. It, it was being trafficked. Uh, th- that actually counts as one kill because there's always someone in the plane when it's being trafficked, so it counts as at least one. So. I would think that there would be two, right? Co-pilot. I don't know. Uh, I just counted as one. That's the official okay. count. But, um, but yeah. So you know, we don't really know who, how many people are on the plane, but. You know, it's like the the bomber just wants like three million dollars. Well, and then of course he wants interest, so he wants three point seven million dollars. Yeah. So it's like I don't know, like maybe you should have just given the guy the money. <laughs> in the long run, it would have been the cheaper. Damage that the bus would cause in the yeah. situation. Not to mention like all of the cars that got destroyed on the on the freeway and in the city. The public all, yeah. metro. We'll see. Yeah, the metro got destroyed. Haven't so even much there damage. Yet. But we're, we're forgetting a, a key element. It was never about the bus and the damage. It's about the pricelessness of human life. Mm. And negotiating with terrorists. So true. You know, it's like it it was, they would have risked all of it just to save one old lady. You know, it's like, (laughs) that's the idea. So uh, whoever's in the plane, we're assuming just one person, they die. Um, Then next action sequence, the train, the whole train chase. Uh, The bad guy, he shoots the train conductor which uh, also fucks up the whole train. Uh... Do you want to talk about the money? Oh. The oh, transfer yeah. in between? So before that, though, they think everything is fine. And one of the like interesting parts of the movie was uh, when the bad guy calls the police officer and is like, when are you going to give me the money? Oh. And Keanu Reeves is like, he doesn't know that the bus blew <laughs> yeah. up. Because... Yeah, Mac is like, uh, I'll tell him where he can put his goddamn money. And then Keanu's like... Wait, he doesn't know. He doesn't know because the bus has been playing on that loop. loop. Yeah. Yeah. So from his perspective, they're still all on there with the hostages. Um, So then they have to organize a secondary plan to to transfer money. They're going to try and snipe him. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. What they don't know is that there's a hole in the ground underneath the trash can. So when they make (laughs) the money drop. He's smart it goes as this to guy. a different he's spot. Smart, he thinks man. of everything. Yeah, he's he gets clever. away. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and yeah. and he kidnaps Annie. 
right. and straps a bomb to her so that he can because he knows he's going to get caught up. So he's got to create has another his collateral. Out. Yeah, this is perfect. Yeah, he he was smart too. It's like. You would think, like, if I was in his shoes, like, of course you would think about that, too. It's like, they're not just going to let you get away with the money. Of oh, course yeah. They're gonna be Plus, he's a cop, so he knows what they're going to do anyway. Yeah. And is he smart, or is he, you're crazy. You're fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor people are crazy, Jack. I'm eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, you have to give him credit. He had a very nicely furnished apartment in the beginning, meaning he's pretty smart. He found his way through, you know, these kind of problems. He, Clearly. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to set up that line. Yeah, he's, which, uh, he's, thank you, he, guy. He's a he's an no, upper class <laughs> criminal. You know, you got to give him respect for his his craftiness. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, he was he was you know he was upset. You know, he put his life on the line to stop bombs for all these people, and he blows off his hand on the job, and all he gets is a medal and a cheap watch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he wants his man. This is classic eighties villain like. Uh, what's it called? Diabolical. Yeah, like their their reasons for doing it, their motivation. Like, yeah, uh, I was thinking of two other villains that were very much the, the same. Uh, the villain from Cliffhanger. Oh yeah. Oh. Very very. He's diabolical. even more over the top. Yeah, yeah, like very very like money money money. You know, and like <laughs> single track like, minded. And, but yeah. also like a need to get some revenge for being wronged somehow. Like in Commando, the bad guy, uh, uh, Bennett. Yeah. Like, ever since. I've been thrown out of your unit. I've been waiting to pay you back. Right. You know, like, <laughs> right. so, like, it's, it's like, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm watching I don't need right the gun. <laughs> like, just the, the stakes. It's like, you you wanted to kill a bunch of people because you got fired from your job. Yeah. Boo-hoo. Or, or then uh, Gary Busey in <laughs> Under Siege, where he, like, kills the captain of the ship while he's dressed as a woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, just because he is like, I should have been captain. You know, he's like, <laughs> yeah. all butthurt about it. But it's like, <laughs> that's what makes him so bad. You it's know? like, like yeah. he, he wants wants to kill the the protagonist just a little bit more than he wants all this money right it's and so personal. it's a little bit more about like vindication but there's also like he's making monetary demands yeah it's about winning but uh so that leads to keanu reeves he he gets on the train and they have this huge uh fight on the top of the subway and uh which you know i mean let's let, can we talk really quick about how this is just a horrible promotion for public transit in los angeles <laughs> <laughs> the moral of the movie be, well, and it's it's buy a car <laughs> even now you know 25 years later uh they're blowing up bird scooters and no, <laughs> no it's just <laughs> like a, that could be a movie next, right there that's, that's the next speed, speed on a scooter scooter can't go under 50 <laughs> well, just like most people in LA don't use the public transit. In fact, no. like, yeah. a lot of people don't even know that it's there to use. You know, yeah. like like a lot of people don't know there's an underground subway system in Los Angeles. It's quite extensive, uh, but you know, people just don't use it. And I wonder if little things like this movie Speed just kind of like you know warm their way into people's <laughs> you know subconscious that like I'm not gonna get on a bus in LA. What if we go over fifty? <laughs> I'm sure I mean, I don't want to take the that. train. <laughs> I'm yeah. They're I'm still th building the track. <laughs> oh. So Keanu's he's sneaking up on the bad guy. The bad guy's taunting Sandra, just showing her the device or something. I don't know. He like <laughs> has her hold it at one point. Yeah, he's oh, got yeah. her handcuffed to the uh, the, the pole. subway pole. The grab bars, yeah. yeah. Keeping the stakes high again. Yeah. Like the train, like she's got to keep their life is in her hands. Yeah. You know? He's already shot the conductor, so the train's just going on its own. And then Keanu is like crawling on the top of the train. Howard Payne hears Keanu, and he's uh, shooting him. And then he's uh, 
uh, and then he realizes that the money that they, he was given is all fake, and it's got like this ink dye like explosion. And then he's so pissed that he's like, oh, "I'm gonna get you, Jack!" Ah! And then uh, he runs away. <laughs> he runs up, and they they have a little tussle on top of the subway. It's a little tiff. Uh, which I, I've got some some quotes written down for that part. Uh, so they they're wrestling on the top of the subway. Um, uh, Jack loses his gun off the side. Uh, the other submachine gun is run out of bullets. Uh, so they're just like hand-to-hand combat. They're fighting. Uh, it looks like Howard Payne has the upper hand, and he's like, he's got full mount on Keanu, and he's like basically like <laughs> bashing his head against the top of the train. And he's like, he's like, I'm so much smarter than you. I'm smarter than you. I am smarter than you. And Keanu sees the the red light coming, and he knows right. that there's only so much clearance. So he immediately just like you know pushes his hand into the guy's chest and throat, and just like you know puts his puts Forces him up there. him upward, yeah. And uh, it's you know it's too late. the The bad guy doesn't see it, and he gets depacketated. His <laughs> <laughs> head so just rolls bad. off. <laughs> yeah, his head hits the light, and it's literally like his head was never even connected to his body. Uh, it just comes flying off of the back, and Keanu goes, <laughs> "Well, I'm taller." and then and then like the next shot he's down inside of the train like tending to annie and uh, she's like what happened he goes he lost his head (laughs) it's it's like that's like an arnold schwarzenegger yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's like right in that vein yeah oh let off some steam yeah literally exactly speaking of uh one-liners uh the, the train, you know, it comes out right on Hollywood Boulevard, right in front of uh, the TLC Chinese Theater, which is a very iconic location. And um, so, and he's stayed with uh, Sandra, and so the, they're like embracing, and they're in the train. The train's like on its side, and uh, and he does a callback to a line that she said earlier, which is like, you know, I I hear that relationships that start under intense circumstances never last. And she's like. I guess we'll have to base it on sex then. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the last. That's a great That's line. the end of the movie. And then, well, yeah, they make out. Yeah, that's it. Somebody in the, like, there's like a crowd of people like watching them make out. Right. The Starline and Tours. Somebody <laughs> says, because yeah. and the only reason I know this is because I saw it on the subtitles, and somebody says, that's so romantic. <laughs> I didn't, I've never noticed that. But I, uh, I probably wouldn't have had it had the subtitles not been on. So total kill count, 14. 14 okay. for this movie. Okay. Nice. That's yeah. That's actually not too bad. That's There's, not too bad given the how much distress yeah. and stuff there was. Can we talk about favorite action scenes, or just favorite oh. scenes in general? <laughs> oh yeah. Ooh. Do you want to start? Sure. Uh, the jump scene. I, I was. Uh, that's like, that's. I know that that was. I should have given that to somebody else. That was rude. No no no. Like, <laughs> like no. It's the, the right like, scene. It's the right like, choice. So we, uh, you know, there's this scene like. Um, you know, they are they're on the bus. They get diverted to this uh, section of the freeway where there's no traffic. Whew, no problem, right? Yeah. Everyone's like, good, good, everything's good. And then Keanu looks at his like, we've got a problem. And oh, there's yeah. a, there's the, some there's a portion of the freeway that's missing. So they're forced to make a decision. Like, do how do we do we get the people off? Do we just risk it? They're like, floor it. <laughs> and and Annie steps on the gas. Maybe there's going, an incline. Floor yeah, floor it. And it's a 50-foot gap. Yeah. yeah. Five zero. And they just go flying over the top. <laughs> like, we what? all, we're all like, what? I, I, see, when you when you told me that uh, Aaron, 
uh, was like, oh, I, I only remember one scene. I thought that was for sure going to be the scene I that you remember. So you don't no. remember. You don't remember that at all. I did not remember that. And the scene that I did remember was very anticlimactic. Like, it was just people like coming crossing that little bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like every like I think this is the most famous scene of the movie. And I think it encapsulates this podcast better than any scene of any movie that we've covered at this point. Because it is so – if you look at it on the surface, uh, it's a L.A. bus that needs to jump a 50-gap – like a 50-foot gap gap in the freeway. And there's no there's no possible and then land on its on its wheels and still keep going 50 miles an hour. Yeah. And there's no possible way if you look at this with any like uh, rationality that this is ever possible. But the way the scene is set up, it's so believable that you just you're forced to buy in. Oh, and then yeah. you're like it's like and then you and then it happens. You're like, oh, they, they fucking did it. And you totally believe that Keanu Reeves just saved this whole tr- like bus of people. Is that what they <laughs> tested on Mythbusters? Yeah, they tested. that's that a scene. great myth to test. Yeah. Could you and jump a, a bus over a 50-foot line? It turns out they can't. Yeah. Oh, no way. No, there was See, no I, yeah, ramp. Yeah, I disagree. Oh. I feel like that's not a good one to test because it's so obvious that there's zero chance. There's no yeah. way, but no circumstance that we, would allow that to be possible. But you you want to find out anyway. Mm. Like That's the thing. Like We were talking about like all these stunts are ridiculous. Clearly, outrageous. Can that many cars... Can the bus run into that many cars before it stops? But like, we want to see them right. bring it down. This, you know, the later. movie just it takes it so seriously. Like everybody on that bus before it does the jump, nobody expects it to work. Everyone's like they're they're coming to terms with their mortality. Like the Except woman's for like Keanu, he thinks it's gonna work. No, I don't think he, he did either. I don't I, think he does. He, he, they were all holding on, and like remember he like he goes over to Annie and like does this. Yeah, you know, h- holds her like. It's like I think everyone, everyone is was, expecting to die. Yeah. And so that, that that makes it the stakes so much higher when they actually live. It's like, oh, like they're jumping up, and the woman's like, oh, I I just want to see my baby one more time, and she's yeah. like, there, it's it's the so it's so convincingly what, done for something that's so ridiculous. What do you think would be worse, getting blown up or crashing the bus? Crashing I guess the bus, I you think. would still get blown up in this yeah, situation. Yeah. Worse. You'd have to wait yeah. for your death in the crash. The bus, the bomb would just do it, you know, immediate. Yeah, yeah. but like. We're talking about raising the stake moments. That this that was like the probably the highest stakes. Uh, you know, it's like everyone yeah. was not even the hero had faith that it would work. You know, and like they had to all go through that together. Mm-hmm. You know, something yeah. I love about that scene. It wasn't in the script. Uh, the director was driving around L.A. and he saw a gap in the freeway um, of like an unfinished. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, that's interesting. Like, what would what would happen if that happened in the movie?" So he's like, "Hey, you need to write this scene in the movie." And it became the biggest. It is the most expensive shot in the movie of the bus uh, jumping. They they um so there was actually a bridge, and they had to CGI remove the bridge so that it looks like it's okay. it's jumping um, over this gap. But it's interesting how the the hero was introduced jumping into the movie with his car. Too, we were yeah. talking about that, right? Like, how like th- those two are somehow related, you know? Yeah, yeah it's it's like a setup punchline. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is what? What are some of the other ones? Uh, that was my favorite. Yeah, oh, Aaron, Aaron, what's your favorite scene? The one I mentioned that I most remember as a kid was them crossing across that wooden platform, and then watching it the second time, there are so many other better scenes. <laughs> why? So I don't know why that stuck with me. Um, but I think when he Keanu has to like try to dismember the bomb or dismantle the bomb, and so he's like going under the bus on that little dolly oh, yeah. and then yeah. 
I don't know, everything again starts going awry. And then he's like gripping on for dear life. And the dolly cart is like swinging left and right under the bus. And you're wondering if it's going to get smashed by the tires. And then Sandra Bullock can't see him. So she's like not knowing exactly where to drive. And then the dolly is starting to come loose from the chain or get absorbed by the bus. And yeah, then he has to screwdriver <laughs> into the gas tank to hold on for dear life. There's gas spilling all over. Why does he do yeah. that? I think he's just desperate to yeah, hold on. To hold on to anything. It's just a way to... He did, I don't think he knows what I it think, is. He's yeah, because wasn't the rope or the cable coming well, undone? The, the, so he was trying to like not go too like deep I, behind I the, the bus. So when the bus went onto the freeway, it it, uh, it caught its tires in the... Like the the, ti- the puncture tire spikes? Yeah, and, going and so into the, tires the airport. Were, the tires were just coming off on the freeway, so it, it, it was like... Rocking his uh, his little something like that, yeah, yeah, I don't his know. little cart, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, like, even though you know he's probably gonna make it because the movie has to go on, that one just felt like I didn't know what was gonna happen. Where the bus <clears throat> jumping was like, oh yeah, they have to make it, so right. it was dramatic and still ridiculous. But that one, just the zooming in of the details, like the panning back out, the like whipping of everything under, and the clanking of all the metal. I was very um, engaged in that scene. Totally. Derek pointed out, like, what happens if the bus has to turn? Like, what happens to counter rigs? You know, like... <laughs> like you I, get sucked on the wheel? Well, I feel like they did a really good job, too, of, like, like, like what you're saying. It's like, how are they going to get out of this? How is the, yeah. how's the hero going to get out from under the bus? You know, like, how is the bad guy not going to see him? Like, there's a lot of, like, what are they going to do, which makes you, like want to watch i also uh, feel the like the answer is gigantor <laughs> <laughs> ortiz <laughs> opens a whole the unsung hero uh. yeah um derek you probably don't think this because you work on cars but i don't know even if i have to like grab something that's fallen under my car like reach under it i'm still like what if this car turns on and it starts rolling uh. yeah i feel like that's a fear so seeing that was a little triggering i think that's on purpose too i think that that plays off of like people's like like everyone's afraid of a big ass bus coming at you. you oh know, yeah, or, like, or just being under a vehicle or yeah. something moving that's like could easily kill you and crush yeah. you. Kind of goes back to the elevator scene of being kind of in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's interesting because it's playing off of like that sort of primitive primal fear, but it's in modern situations. Right. You know, it's like that fear still lives within within us, but it, we perceive it now instead of like a lion chasing us. It's like we're in an elevator. We're on a city bus. You know, yeah. it's like a very modern way of portraying that kind of like visceral fear, the danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. What uh, What about you, Chase? What was one of your favorite scenes? Uh, well, Kyle, oh, did you want to go? go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, obvi- I the the bus scene, like I said, I, the <laughs> the bus scene, <laughs> the uh, the <laughs> the bus jumping over the freeway scene is yeah, for sure for sure my favorite scene. But in the uh, you know. Uh, to to say something new, the the scene where the bus um, almost flips over, they have to do like a really sharp turn. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because uh, he's like, "You're not gonna flip. You're not gonna flip over." And she's like, "We're gonna flip over." And he's like, "You're right. We're gonna flip over." All right, everybody on this side of the bus. And it's just, <laughs> I love the way Keanu Reeves just takes control, and you know, yeah. it's just he's such a leader in this movie. Yeah, totally. it's pretty great. And a fast thinker. He's just like, yeah. "All right, on quick, spot, counter yeah. this. Let's yeah. do it." Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have obviously taken. All the, the big <laughs> stuff. Sorry, sorry. Uh, no, but I, I think probably my favorite aspect of it, and it's not one scene per se, but 
like Annie driving through like the freeway in the city, like she's oh, just, she's like really good at like navigating all these crazy things and like I gotta do what I gotta do to keep this thing above fifty. And so and there's and then there's all this all kinds of like hilarity. Like uh she, there like a woman is pushing out like a baby cart. I was gonna and, say, yeah. Uh... And she blasts through the thing and is like you know, instantly she's like, I just killed a baby. Right. You know? yeah. Everyone like knows what that would out. be like. Also, I almost said that at every, scene. Every one of you, I, I, from what I heard, like gasped when yeah. she hit the baby cart. It's I was like, oh, this, moment. this movie's it, like working. Like, I know that it's canned. Me too. I know that it's canned. <laughs> but I'm still, still like. Because like the setup, like the they do a good job, like, because it, it's delicate. It's like everyone knows that a baby is very precious and a delicate yeah. thing. And like. The woman is clearly oblivious. She's talking to her friend like they're just having their morning whatever. And she, this, and it's the, here's the thing: it's not a shopping cart like a homeless person. It's a very cute, quaint carriage. Yeah, you know, like it's a baby yeah. cart. It's, it's a baby cart, and so like you're just like, ah! and the way they cut from them like casually talking to your point back to the action, then yeah. back to them casually talking, then back to the action. action. Yeah, they're just. You're like, you can already start putting the pieces together yeah. well before it even happens. Did you believe that a baby had died in that scene when you I saw it? I could him? already tell, and my heart was devastated for that oh. child. There's a, there's a name for that. I don't know. Maybe, Kai, you could tell me what it is. But it's like when the audience knows that something's about to happen to the main characters before the main characters know. There's a name for that. Oh, there is a name. I forgot what it is, too. But like you, you're just like, look out, look out, look out. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. that's like exactly that, how you know. I felt. Yeah. Um, and so then right after that, so she... She basically thinks she killed the baby, realizes that it's just cans, and she <laughs> she almost is like she doesn't really like believe Keanu when he's like it's just cans, don't worry about it. Yeah. And then she's like, "Are you sure?" Like, and then she's like, "All right, yeah. I guess so." And then right then, a bunch of kids are like crossing the street, oh. and she's like, "And the quote is so funny." She's like, "Why aren't they in school? Why aren't they in <laughs> yeah. school?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's such like a funny thing it's like um cuz like i remember as a kid like if you were to see a kid outside of school you know like like say you're going to the dentist and so you get to be out of school for a short time and then you see another kid and you're like what is that kid doing outside of school you know it's like i think that now when i see people walking outside my office i'm like what are you doing not in work <laughs> it, like still holds true <laughs> for sure yeah it's and again it's like it's something that we can kind of all identify with like mm -hmm. you know like you know and especially like driving around la and like weird things happen that you're not prepared for you see like just like stuff like kids coming across the street in the middle of school day and you're like what, what's going on over here like and and that just happens so much in la that you kind of just blow past it and just whatever i gotta keep yeah. moving you know yeah I, th I think aaron was the one who said because so when uh, keanu he's trying to he's, he's in his own car and he's speeding on the shoulder of the road past traffic to catch up to this bus and then uh someone i think it was aaron was like yeah I, yeah i mean like if you're watching this movie in any other city that seems like a total crazy thing to do but in la that happens all the time yeah. <laughs> like yeah yeah um, people will try to like pass in oncoming traffic lanes i saw it today like people going outside Crazy into traffic drivers. and then coming back because they were all stopped at a red light yeah people do wild things here just to get where they need to go well, and yeah. i've seen crazy stuff too like uh driving on the 101 at five o'clock you know in rush hour traffic it is bumper to bumper at all five six lanes mm -hmm. you know it's crazy and then you still have 
some guy in a Range Rover with all of his windows tinted, that it, and he's just going back and it's forth so between lanes, and he's man. not like it's like yeah, and it's like you're gonna kill somebody. No, it's like, he he only is gonna survive if everyone does what they're supposed to do while he does he does what he, whatever he wants. Yeah, whatever he wants. And what if two people are in the same like there's two drivers like that at the same so time and they'll people. totally crash into each other. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. It's, sometimes it's a collective like I, I've thought about it too because like. Sometimes I catch myself doing outrageous things all the time too, and I'm just like, it's this mentality of like, I need to get to where I need to go. Fuck all of you. Yeah, m- you know? what I need to do is more important. It's a very narcissistic, like totally. selfish mentality. That's why it's always the nice cars that do that. <laughs> but I mean, it's just like, but everyone in LA does it because they're kind of forced to because everyone else is doing it. It's yeah. true. Yeah. You know? Like you my parents will not drive. Yeah. I won't let them drive because yeah. I'm like, you have to drive like that. Oh, mindset. Yeah, you need to do it just. Yeah. yeah, when my mom came out, aggressive. she's like, "There's seven lanes on this highway." Yeah, when my siblings <laughs> come out, like it's funny to watch my siblings walk while while they're driving. They're like, like, like right. this. I'm just like, no, you just got to roll with it. And they just don't get it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the the origins of this movie. Uh, this movie was written by a guy named Graham Yoss. He came up with the idea after hearing about the 1985 movie Runaway Train, uh, which is the same. It's a train that loses control, can't stop. And he combined that with this Japanese film, Bullet Train, from 1975, which I think the bom- there's a bomb on the train. So he just moved it to a bus, uh, started pitching it around, 20th Century Fox greenlit it. I was curious, because uh, this is kind of known as Die Hard on a Bus. Absolutely. So there's they, no mention of Die Hard being an influence? No, it, 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 there's a lot of mention, actually. Okay. So he took it to Paramount. Um, Paramount was like yeah we want to do this movie uh and it would be great for john mctiernan the director of die hard mm-hmm. they wanted him to direct the movie and he's like this is too close to die hard I, i've already directed that i'm not gonna do the movie so he passed on it Interesting. uh but he recommended uh john dubont dupont jan dubont who was the cinematographer for Die Hard and also his movie The Hunt for Red October. Oh, great movie. Yeah, and so the cinematographer never directed before, but he's like, yeah, he, he could be good for this role, and he's the guy that ended up getting the director role. Good for him. Um, it was also offered to Rennie Harlan, who we're familiar with for doing Cliffhanger, mm. and uh, Quentin Tarantino, and they oh, both turned it down. Never heard of him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could see Tarantino turning it down. Yeah, it's yeah. not really his well, style. Well, he wants to direct movies he's written. But that too. funny enough, he he says that Speed is one of the best movies in the 1990s. He loves Speed. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, so Probably af- just from the head chopping scene alone. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that feels more in his vein. So much violence. John McTiernan passed, and Paramount was like, well, maybe we'll pass too. So he took it to Fox. Fox was like, we'll greenlit the movie. But at that time, the entire there was no other action scenes besides the ones on the bus. So they were like, we'll greenlit it, greenlight the movie if you add in two more action scenes that don't involve a bus because they think the audience is just going to get bored with two hours of bus. So elevator and public transit? Yeah. Do you feel like the public transit scene was needed? The ending scene? Yeah. You mean I, like the, the... I think it, it could It doesn't feel that memorable. Scene. I feel like we, we yeah. kind of had already hit our climax, and yeah. then it's the second climax felt forced. I agree. Mm-hmm. It was almost like, it's like, so we were just on a bus for an hour, and now are you going to get on a train for 10 minutes? 
I get what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's and helpful. it was kind of the same thing, bombs on transportation. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think it was necessary to have a showdown between Keanu Reeves and the villain. Totally. But, uh, yeah, it does feel like sort of an appendage to this already finished movie. They should have gotten on the plane while they were at the airport. Oh. Although Whoa. I did like the aspect of the money going underground. He retrieves it underground and then mm. has a different form of transportation to try to get away to kind of dupe everybody. Like, it would make sense for him to do that. Like, yeah. To get yeah. on a so subway and get the hell out of there. Yeah, know? I think in that way it works. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree with what you're saying. I there. agree. And yeah. the whole setup of him looking out the window and seeing all the snipers and knowing everybody was there. And, he, and he's kind of chuckling. like Yeah, because he already well, had it, a hole dug. He literally <laughs> got the money out from under them. It's like the idea, you know? And it was underground yeah. cash. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I noticed something um, interesting. So, like... I was thinking about like character arcs, like which characters grew stronger as a result of their plight. And I felt like Keanu Reeves' character didn't actually change much. I don't think he grew. <laughs> but I think that Annie grew a lot. She kind of went from this girl who was like, oh, you know, I'm going to be late for the bus, to being this freaking badass bus driver who smashes over things and goes off of, you know, goes off of shit and keeps the wheels turning. So I felt like her character actually and grew a lot stronger. And she prompting him with sex. And she, you know, she solicited him with sex after role like, reversal. I mean, you know, they were in the heat of the moment, but like, yeah, yeah. So her, like, I felt like her character had quite an arc. She grew from kind of being, you know, a scatterbrain to like this strong, you know, woman. Yeah. Whereas she's Keanu's, like, she's needed all of a sudden. Yeah, Keanu's she character didn't change. Yeah, she, that's I a really that. good point. Yeah. This is, this might be a rare case of an action movie where the female romantic interest is more three dimensional than the lead. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, Keanu's character didn't change very much at all. He was a hero in the beginning, and he yeah. pretty much stayed a hero throughout the entire ne- thing. Neither did yeah. the partner Harry. He's you know yeah. he's the same guy throughout. Yeah, the bad guy, just as diabolical in the beginning as he was at the end. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's an yeah, good point. Thing. Well, yeah. it did take place in a short amount of time, but yeah, True. that's that's a good point. Um, wow, how much have we all grown in four hours? I'm <laughs> <laughs> seeing this movies. That's what this podcast We're is. We're going to start judging you guys by the end of the night. <laughs> the role of Jack Travern, uh, Keanu Reeves' role, was originally written for Jeff Bridges. Before Keanu uh, was considered, they also offered it to Stephen Baldwin, Alec Baldwin's brother, turned it down. Interesting. Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, Wesley Snipes, and Woody Harrelson were also considered. Wow. Um, Woody would have been. Really would, I would have yeah. loved to see that. Yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, director ended up casting Keanu Reeves after seeing Point Break. Oh, oh! Shout He's... out El Segundo. <laughs> yeah, he said he felt that the actor was vulnerable on screen. This is a quote: "Not threatening to men because he's not that bulky, and he looks great to women." Um, Confirmed. So he's <laughs> like a tough guy with a sensitive side. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And also, uh, I'll add this now, Keanu Reeves was really smart because the original movie, apparently the, the character of Jack Travern was sort of written uh, as a, a, he was a really like hot shot, maverick, kind of wisecracky guy. It was like a lot of, a lot more ego. Yeah, a lot more ego. And Keanu Reeves at this stage in his career knew that that wasn't his brand and that wasn't the type of action star that would work for him. So he brought on Joss Whedon who was uh, famous at that time for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but has gone on Mm. to write and direct the Avengers. And uh, Joss Whedon rewrote what the the writer claims to be 98% of the dialogue and made turn Keanu Reeves into this, like, 
you know, maverick style action hero to someone who is more like a polite cop that just wants to uh, keep people from getting hurt. Right. And which is what Keanu Reeves is good at. He's like a, just a good natured, good hearted guy. Right. Uh, Johnny Utah. J- Johnny Utah. Johnny Utah. Um, this could have almost been like Johnny Utah too. You know, this is a little yeah. I, I was wondering, like, maybe they should have just had him be. It's like a sequel to uh, to Point Break and just keep the same character. Yeah, he's yeah. an LAPD. It felt very similar in that way. <laughs> it did. Yeah, like yeah. It's, instead of an elevator scene at the beginning, it could be like a prison scene with Brody. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bring Patrick Swayze back in. Oh, you mean Bodie? Little, Bodie is What's that? that? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, Brody. Brody, my Brody. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Aaron, what did you think about Keanu's hair? And you brought it up. I preferred it in this movie to Point Break. Buzz cut, a little shorter. How come? How come? I think it's just my personal style. Huh. Uh, you know, I feel like it also tailored a little bit more towards his personality in this movie too. Like, uh, in, like in Point Break, he's this surfer, kind of a young guy. Yeah. Like you know, he's he's a little bit more hang loose. Yeah. In this movie is a little bit more clean cut cop. That was intentional. Like the director wanted Tim to have a haircut that shows that oh he's in control and like he you know he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, so he has orders. Yeah. And he, yeah. So yeah. He, yeah. Keanu showed up that. with a crew cut and actually the production company freaked out because he's they're so used to Keanu with like the long like surfer hair. Yeah. And they're and it, apparently it was like a huge deal with the uh, the production company. No, um, it's good. Yeah, yeah I agree. Too. You know who else I could have seen doing it? Uh, see, I, I feel like his character works. It's almost like it's because it's Charlie or Charlie Sheen. Because it's him. I was gonna say Charlie Sheen would have worked too for me, because like huh. it's it's just ridiculous. Like it's it's almost like how Arnold Schwarzenegger movies work for Arnold Schwarzenegger because like they're kind of written around him. Yeah. And his. Well, what do you think acting. about Steven Seagal? <laughs> I could I could have seen Steven Seagal playing this too, but like uh. it, but not not quite as well as Keanu Reeves for the reason oh, no. that you said is that he's a, he's. You know, Steven Seagal's a bigger dude. He's intimidating. Whereas, well, like, not in the '90s, he wasn't. But like, but Keanu Reeves is a little bit shorter of a guy, smaller. Like, More like you, yeah. what you're saying is yeah. psychologically true. It's like women like him; they think he looks good, and men aren't that intimidated by him because he's not big. Is that true, Aaron? Uh, uh, yeah, I would think so. <laughs> yeah, he's a good-looking um, guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he is too. I. But he does have an approachable feel, where he, he doesn't feel like he has an ego. Where like he's yeah. this like jock type that's like too An cool asshole. for school. Yeah. yeah, he feels approachable. He feels like he does have a sensitive side, but then he's also super smart. And I think like his wits come across more than like his physicality. Totally. Well, I'm taller. <laughs> <laughs> and that. Um. So Dennis Hopper, the villain. Uh, that role was considered for Jack Nicholson and Robert De Niro. Ooh, oh, man. I could have seen you... both of them playing. Yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Nicholson would be great. Jack so way good. better. Yeah. So good. Oh, yeah. That's great. Sandra Bullock. This is interesting. Originally, the script, this role and Keanu were not supposed to have a romantic interest. And um, Sandra Bullock's role was more for comedic relief. So Ellen DeGeneres was originally going to be Annie. Oh, uh, but that changed, and uh, then it became the romantic angle. It was offered to Halle Berry. She turned it down. Uh, it was also turned down by Meryl Streep and Kim Basinger before it was given to uh, Sandra Bullock, who was kind of an unproven star at this time. Like she hadn't like headlined a movie. Her and Keanu Reeves had to do a, like a, a few chemistry tests, yeah, which involved them like rolling around on the floor. 
And okay, together. this is really great because I judge all romantic movies off of their chemistry. What did you think of this one? It was good. It holds up. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I thought it was awesome. It yeah. took me a second. Like, in the beginning, I was a little hesitant. Like, it seemed a little forced. And then after a few scenes, it was like, okay, yeah, it seems like they've got something. Yeah. Uh, it's only been revealed, like, recently, apparently both of them had huge crushes on each other throughout the entire production, but neither one of them did anything about it. So it's just like... Oh, they, they, oh the I pain. love that. Yeah. That's the even they, cuter. I hate hearing that. Yeah. Uh, they're uh, professionals. Yeah, she... No, I think it was good chemistry because you could you could feel it, so there was, like, natural chemistry, but also they were so focused on the task at hand, it's almost <laughs> like you could pick up that sentiment in the movie. Where, yeah. like, nobody wanted to cross the line because we had a job to do. Right, that's what Keanu's like. He said later, he's like, yeah, we were working, so I, I didn't want to, like, ruin it. And then Sandra Bullock in another interview is like, yeah, I, don't, I, I just never, I guess he, he didn't like me. Oh. <laughs> so oh. it, was just, it was heartbreaking. That's cringeworthy. And then you can watch, there's like videos of them doing like um, promos for the movie and she like sneaks up on him and like jumps in and there's so, it's clear that, they that like each other. yeah, oh they gosh, have feelings. I'm going to go watch that later. It's adorable because they're like, <laughs> so cute. they're like kids that are just too shy to. Oh, but this is great. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no. They have a romantic comedy that they do together, don't they? What was that movie you've gotten, or the one where they, they're sending messages to oh, you the a few lake years house. apart? The, oh, lake, the lake House? house. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. Is, that, she, is that them? Yeah, she had already, uh, I think she was already married. But it's time. ironic, isn't it, that yeah. they do a romantic comedy later? But they, So they ended up staying friends for a long time, but they never ended up dating. Um, good, good call, Derek. I forgot about that one. Yeah, like, yeah. it's kind of funny how that works out. It's like, I, I liked Sandra Bullock's character, though. Um, I did, too. I yeah. thought, And I really liked their chemistry. I, I think it really adds to the movie. Yeah. Um... Let's see. All right, this is a little sad. Uh, so the, the production took 3.5 months. Halfway through, uh, Keanu Reeves' really good friend River Phoenix died at the Viper Room, which made shooting very difficult, particularly the scene where he has to react to finding out that his best fr his friend, oh, Jeff Harry Daniels. Dies, yeah. yeah, to tap into that. Yeah, well, Ooh. it was just too, too fresh. Soon. Yeah, so too fresh, the yeah. production schedule had to be worked around to give him easier scenes to let him grieve uh, but because you know him you know they were friends um you know they they had starred in this movie private idaho together and like they went on motorcycle trips together like they were really close you know keanu reeves still to this day has trouble talking about river phoenix in the past tense because uh, it's um so that happened during production wow that's interesting yeah that's a good is. tidbit yeah um this was extremely lucky of the movie. The 105 that we've all come to know pretty well, that was under construction, so they had free access to shoot the movie on. Oh. Good for them. That's that's great. That's, it cut, cut the cost down by a ton. It would have cost so much more to close down all these highways for all of the bus scenes, like driving on the highway. Yeah. So. Oh, and we haven't talked about a budget and box office yet, have we? No, we haven't. Yeah, what do you think? That's How much one of do you my think favorite segments of the of the pod? I would think that they probably spent thirty five million. Twenty million. I was gonna say twenty three million. million. That was a really good guess, Chase. It was uh it was greenlit for thirty million. And uh they went over budget. Uh they completed everything up until the finale, and then they did test screenings, and the test screenings okay. were so successful that the studio's like, okay, we'll give seven million dollars for you to finish the movie so wow. it ended at 37 wow. so you were, 
If um, Price is Right didn't go over, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> Showcase winner. <laughs> um, Come on down. Come on down. Wow. Yeah, they, they knew they had a hit on their hands when uh, executives saw the people in the test screening audience walking backwards when they had to go to the bathroom so they didn't miss a single. That's great. Oh. <laughs> wow. Um, so they when they knew that this movie was going to be a hit, they moved up the release date from late August to June. They wanted it to be the first action movie they released this summer. Nice. For some reason, the summer is like a big season for action movies yeah kids are out of school so no, there's more true. time for uh batman came out in watched. the summer i remember going with my dad i feel like a lot of the avengers came out That's all those action yeah. movies i remember like let's go as yeah. soon as i'm out of school yeah so uh and it paid off because they made 350 million dollars worldwide on this movie that's like, that's like 10 times the amount they put in yeah that's crazy that's yeah. amazing that's Ten, huge. tenfold return Oh in '94 uh, too. That's yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a big it's number. Over a billion dollars, probably not. It or was. Do you have the domestic figure? Uh, yeah, 121 domestically. That's great. Um, it wow. set box office records in Brazil and South Africa, and uh, stayed number one in Australia for eight consecutive weeks and ten consecutive weeks in Japan. So, wow. good for them. Big international hit. You guys want to guess what the uh, number one highest grossing movie of 1994 was? I know it Ooh, is. You do? Uh, yeah. There's a lot of good movies uh, in I, I don't know it. I'm going to guess it. Force Gump. I, I was going to guess Titanic? No, it's no, 97. That was it's 97. Right um, what else is it? 94. Force there's Gump's a, there's a, a good guess. 94 is probably my favorite year for movies. It's either 94 or 97. There's those Both of those years are really, really good. So Speed came number five overall for the year. Wow. Number four was Jim Carrey's The Mask. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Number three was Arnold Schwarzenegger's True Lies. Mm. Number two was Forrest Gump. I know what the number one is. Mm. What is the number one? Saving Private Ryan. No. <laughs> no, it's uh, The Lion King. Ah. Oh. Family Lion, movie Lion King got $763 million. Oh, yeah, for a Raider R wow. movie to get number five. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Lion King was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. No, no, me too. I was four. Holy shit, really? Like two. No, yeah, I don't remember it all, but my parents <laughs> tell me that's the first movie I ever I remember saw. seeing it. I remember it, was, it blew my mind. It was like my favorite movie. I had to go see it like five times. Wow. Uh, stunts in this movie. Uh, the oh, stu- yeah. Stunts. Yeah. Let's talk about some stunts. Yeah, the stunt coordinator says this is the most challenging movie he's ever worked on. Keanu Reeves and Jeff Daniels train with SWAT personal um, you know, training to get all the movements right. Keanu already had training with the LAPD from Point Break, so he had a leg up. He did approximately 90% of his own stunts. Wow. You know, 90% under the cars. Yeah, he was the guy. everything, on top of the bus. The scene where you're, you're mentioning about him being under the bus was yeah. actually Keanu Reeves. Wow. Cool. You know, I could, I could actually tell from the shot because uh, I could tell that they were moving at a much slower speed than they were depicting, but uh, it was really interesting to see like that stunt being done and like the wheels spinning and he's right there. Like he's like, you know, right above the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's really him at some kind of speed. I mean, yeah, he wasn't totally. at the 50 miles an hour. He was probably at like 20, but uh, it was pretty Still. amazing. Still going <laughs> under a bus. You know, it's, it's terrifying. Uh, he also did the scene where you have to jump from the Jaguar 
onto the bus. Oh gosh. Nice. Yeah. It's a great that, scene. And he yeah. kind of slips on there too. <laughs> yeah, his feet are like dragging on the Ugh, He like belly yeah. flopped that. It was so odd. Like can you imagine like it was like it reminded me of the escalator scene in police story where they're yeah. falling on the escalators like like you're falling on metal stairs. Yeah. Like, that it's got to hurt. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. No. Um so yeah, he was a badass. The director says it pays off because the audience doesn't only see the danger they feel it too because a lot of the actors did their own stunts yeah i, I feel like that we, we were uh again about police story that was the the last movie that we watched and yeah. covered it was like we talked a lot about like how great the stunts were because they actually did a lot of it and you know jackie chan did all of it himself and like it just makes you that much more like be- you're believing what's going on that much more it's cringeworthy like oh like <laughs> Ooh, he, he went through that glass window, like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it, uh, it, yeah. it makes you cringe. Yeah. So that I'm kind of wrapping up the research here. I was, um, I was curious about awards. Oh, yeah. Two-time Oscar winner, this movie. Really? Yeah. For, for which categories? Uh, sound mixing and sound editing. That makes sense. Yeah. It's also oh, nominated wow. for editing. But, yeah, you you're mentioning the sound. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's there's like there were several moments where it stuck out to me that like, wow, they're really like whoever's like doing the engineering, you know, editing, mixing, whatever, they they're clearly very good at what they do. Yeah, the scene in the elevator shaft when the uh, the crane is like creaking its way, like, and the elevators, mm-hmm. yeah, and all the metal, just the clanking. sound, just yeah, heightens the action so much. Let's yeah. talk about the wimpiest crane ever. <laughs> I know. Oh yeah, that seemed very unrealistic. Oh, like you have a crane for a reason to heavy haul thing, like haul heavy things, you know. Up to the top of the building. Those bolts just come right out. It's like thing folds in half. It's going like this. And then it like gets stuck, and then it gets stuck again, and then it gets stuck again. And then this like wimpy thing just smashes through wall after wall and through a fan (laughs) and through all these things. It's like, what is going on? Good observation. Yeah. The only last thought that I have is. there was a shot of the helicopters and the city, and it was really, really hazy. And it was making me wonder about, because, uh, like, L.A. used to be very polluted, and mm. uh, that was, like, a major issue that they cleaned up in the 90s. But I don't know when exactly that got cleaned up. Because, like, that looked like some of the worst haze that I've ever seen in L.A., and I've been here for eight years, you know. I think it was really bad back then. I might be wrong, but I know, like, when Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor, he actually like put a lot of policies that were really good for the environment, and especially like around like what kind of cars could be driven. I don't yeah. know if that was the time where it started getting better. I mean, it was it was really really bad in the seventies. Okay, when people were driving big cars, it was all about bigger was better. And like L.A., if you look at like pictures of L.A. in the seventies, it looks like yeah, horrific. But like. You know, people back in 94, they weren't driving electric cars yet. You know, hybrids hadn't been invented yet. So you think, like, people are driving pretty dirty cars compared to now, you know. Probably had something to do with it. Um, yeah. I, I had something else to say, too. Uh, the, the, the movie did a good job of coming full circle. Did you guys notice how, like, the ending scene was just like the beginning scene? Where uh, the bad guy and Keanu Reeves are at gunpoint, but, you know, the bad guy has a hostage. Yeah. At first, it's his best friend. And yeah. then they come full circle and back to the end where he's holding him again hostage, and this time it's his girlfriend. Mm. You know, so like they did a good job, and and the bad guy says this thing. He's like, "Your life, Jack. Your life is about 
trying to stop the bomb from going off. <laughs> and like, it was almost like this culminating moment of what the whole thing was supposed to be about. You, <laughs> you know, know what like, a bomb yeah. is that doesn't explode? Yeah. It's a cheap gold watch. Yeah. He, he, he breaks down his whole reason for why he is the way yeah. he is the moment before he dies. Uh, I thought that was very yeah, good. That's some good explicit I, storytelling. Yeah to, to, yeah. to bring it back full circle and to tell the main point of what the whole thing was about right before they, they have their final. Battle. Yeah. So I, I just looked it up really quick. Uh, in the in 1990 is when uh, there were amendments to the California Constitution to, okay. to start having better air quality. Gotcha. Pre-Schwarzenegger. Took, you know, over a decade to, for the, all that stuff to actually culminate in better, cleaner air. Right. Mm. And there actually, the, the worst air quality was in the 40s and 50s. I'm sure. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. Shoot, there's no catalytic converters in cars. They're running oh, yeah. diesel and like... You know, and everybody wanted so, a car, yeah. you know. Yeah, heavier was better. Was better. Any any favorite quotes before we get into ratings? <laughs> I wrote down one quote <laughs> that was, <laughs> it just felt so dramatic, like the whole movie. And it was something about like, guts will only get you so far mm. and then you'll get killed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were like talking about how as much as like, oh, one thing after another was going wrong, they were still like solving it, right? Like they would you know, risk their lives or come up with a crazy idea. Was that the last thing that Harry said to Keanu or to Jack rather, uh, face to face? I think so. It was during the bar where Jack, um, Harry is just drunk and he he just slips out something that's kind of profound. He's like, yeah, we were lucky. Like, and then, so it's it's one of the last things because then the whole thing starts. They're both hung over in the morning. Yeah. And he, he's thinking that Jack is calling out of work yeah. because he's hung over. But no, he's calling from a bus that has a bomb. Because it's an emergency. <laughs> he's yeah. back. Uh, uh, there was one line of the back. I said, uh, I f- I'm trying to remember where he said it. I can't remember. He's like, don't fuck with daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that's, that's when he that's blows exactly the, the, quote, uh, the dynamite on the, the, like, the elevator brakes. Oh, okay. So that's closer yeah. to the beginning. Yeah. I yeah, like and that. he like hits the second bomb. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't fuck, fuck with daddy. daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. a great line. Love it. Uh, <laughs> I, I also wrote that down. Okay. Yeah, nice. uh, yeah that was a good one. Uh, I I kind of struggled with uh, the ratings on this uh, because I think I kind of have always held this movie in my head as not that good of a movie. Um, so it was interesting watching it and kind of having my mind change a little bit, kind of like, oh, this is a little bit better than I remember. Uh, but there's also like a ton of plot holes and goofs that, and, and you know, I me personally, that like those things bother me. Uh, and then also some of the dialogue kind of bothered me, even though after talking through it, I think you guys kind of helped me see that it maybe is better than, than I perceived it to be. Um, but for my critical score, I'm only going to go a six, which I, I feel like is really low. Um, but I got to think about like Oscar winning movies, you know, is this, h- how does this hold up to other movies that we've seen on the podcast in, in the genre? Uh, you know, considering they had a big budget to make it, uh, you know, did they did they live up to that budget? I, yeah, I don't know. So I'm I'm going with six for critical. Uh, I feel like that's probably not fair to it, but I feel like you guys will also give some good numbers to it. Uh, and then for entertainment, I'm going at eight. It was, I thought that was it was really good. Nice. Right on. 
action-packed um, nail-biter. Yeah, for sure. Totally. So this movie, it's got nonstop like entertainment. This, uh, you know, it, it doesn't have a moment where you're like, oh, I feel like the movie's dragging. Like, it's an, a string of action sequence, and then it's creatively written out like, oh, these like breaks where you get to know the characters a little bit, and then you get this cool like moment of Sandra Bullock and and Keanu Reeves like getting to you know have a little romance. Um, it's got a great '90s villain who's going like way over the top. It's got great acting and great bad acting at the same time. It has like those creative one-liners. Um, it has a bunch of like LA scenery, which is really cool to see. Yeah, this I, th- I think it has all the components that I love about watching movies. It takes itself really seriously, but also at the same time, it's ridiculous and kind of like tongue-in-cheek. So for me, and plus I have nostalgic ties, this movie's a 10 entertainment-wise. Um, and critical scores, I've been really struggling with this because it's it's – it's easy for me to know how entertained I was for the movie, but to like be a cri- a critic uh, and measure it against like Academy Award winning movies, I want to knock it for practicality, just because you know uh, like the bus would never do that. But I'm I don't know if that should be a knock. I think the when it comes down to it, the question that makes a, a good movie a good movie is, you know, did this movie have characters I believe? Do I care what's going to happen to them? Uh, and do I feel the things that they're feeling? And I think for all those things, I I felt like the movie did what it was supposed to do, and it's it was done really really well. I'm gonna give it an eight for uh, for critical rating. So I'll do ten for entertainment, eight for critical. Sure. Aaron, what do you think? Okay. Um. So I thought this movie also, like many of the points that you guys have brought up, um, was highly entertaining. You really are on the edge of your seat the whole time. Um, I thought it really fits in with the genre, which is also the whole theme of this podcast and why I love listening to this (laughs) and (laughs) tuning into the movies that you guys watch because they are so over the top (laughs) and it goes back again to that one thing after another after another and then it's like someone's head getting decapitated (laughs) and then someone's handcuffed to something and then there's this and that and Uh, then yeah punching in all the one-liners it's so funny um despite being so serious at the same time um so entertainment wise I would probably, I do like action movies, um, but I also have a soft spot for rom-coms and that type of genre, so I have to kind of go outside of my personal wheelhouse to rate it. Mm. (laughs) Um, But entertainment-wise, I would give it probably a nine, because it is really enjoyable, um, for all the reasons I just mentioned. And then critical score, um, this one's a little harder for me. Um, but I think the movie ultimately achieves what it was set out to do. Um, it hits a lot of marks. There are, there were a few things that I didn't fully understand, but then I think we've talked through it all. So in my mind, I think it does kind of like tie up all the loose ends and, um, it, it, to your point, Derek is a very simple, understandable plot line and it has, a really clear vision from start to finish and then how they yeah do like stretch it out or kind of bring in different people along the way is um really well done so um for critical score i'll probably give it a seven so i really felt like the movie did what it set out to do that's like something that i've been thinking about a lot like uh jake 
Tormenta, he brings that up, and like I started realizing, like, yeah, like when you when you think when I think about a critical score, like did the movie set out to do what it achieved to do? And I felt like for the most part, it really did. So I I think that in that case, it was a huge success. I believe the characters, like what you're saying, um, and I, I can and really felt like the stakes. You know, like I could feel the stakes, which is why even though I've seen the movie many times, I still feel that like, oh my god, you know, that <laughs> sense, which I think takes talent to like get that to raise that in somebody so um yeah that, not just raise it once but to to keep it going through the whole time. movie uh, you know to keep someone's attention for an hour and a half you know it's it's a it takes talent so that that's on the positive side on the negative side of things i did you know keanu reeves i didn't think his acting was that great um, <laughs> and i don't think that his so i thought some of the dialogue was also kind of eh in some of the spots um can you think of spots where you like the dialogue kind of fell short there was like this part like in the beginning when when he first gets on the bus uh-huh. uh it's hard for me to believe his character he's saying he was like saying some over-the-top stuff and you know annie's she's saying some stuff and they're trying to get to know each other and i just didn't believe it and it was just kind of like i was like this yeah let's move past this part huh. uh so that kind of took my rating down a little um so my critical rating I'll give it a seven. Um, yeah, I'll give it a seven. For my entertainment rating, I was extremely entertained throughout the entire thing. Uh, I could, you know, I'm holding on by my seat. I'm sitting there cringing at everything. <laughs> it was funny, you know, and like what well, you said, it's very tongue-in-cheek, too. Like, it's action, but it's an adventure. And like, like you know, like what you're saying, like other characters come into the mix. And it has just a sense of comedy to it that I loved. So I'll give this a nine for entertainment score. That's a pretty, I, I think we have an average nine yeah. between all of us for entertainment, yeah. which is good. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, actually, Derek, the seven and the nine are the exact averages of all of our scores. That's crazy. Wow. Oh. wow. wow. Nice. Oh, you're you're right on the money, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, can I add one more thing? Yeah. Something yeah. else I loved was like, we might have touched on this, but the subtlety of all the little shots, like the little zoom ins of little <laughs> things or catching little facial expressions yeah. throughout the whole movie. I think that really added um, a nice layer to the movie yeah. that I appreciated because it would come. Really yeah, it would come at all these like unexpected moments like it could have just been action scene after action scene, but they would kind of pause and like zoom in on like the bus driver. I remember it was like. He was wide-eyed and, like, looking ahead. Or it would be someone's face or, like, the little tiny zoom-in of the bomb and the watch. It was, like, right there in case you missed it. Here we go. I think totally. uh, I feel like Sam, the bus driver, might be – he was, like, my favorite character. Like, he was so convincing to me. He felt like an L.A. bus driver. Yeah. He was great. Is he the unsung hero or Ortiz? It's got to be – Ortiz. Yeah. Uh, I would think, yeah, Ortiz. Sam's pretty cool, too. I like his little like he was relationship with uh, yeah, yeah, he wasn't. Annie. He didn't have a, enough of a growth as a, as a character. Uh, yeah. But to Aaron's point, I think the movie benefited from having a cinematographer as a director because it's such a visual movie. And like he's thinking about like all those zoom-ins and like totally. you know how he's going to tell the story through the camera movement. In a lot of cases, he was holding the camera himself for a lot of these shots. Right. Um, oh, just because that's that's usually his job on set, so it's cool to have him as the director. Yeah, and then he went on to do. Perspective. You know what movie he did after this? Is it another action movie? Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. It's one that you know very well, Aaron. Cliffhanger? No. No. Twister. Oh no! <laughs> this is the next movie. 
uh, we, we my were, heart is already starting to yeah. pound. <laughs> I hate we, were, we were talking about we were talking about the movie. We're like, oh yeah, Aaron has yeah. something to say about that. Would you ever do that on the podcast, Twister? Twister? Would you ever watch it again? Oh, I've never seen it. You've never oh, seen I, it. I thought you had. That's why it was like traumatic. No, for you. because I was in almost a real life tornado. Oh, so as just a kid. the idea of, of experiencing it was a tornado again. Realizing how out of control and powerful mother nature can be and how little i was at the time it's a pretty traumatic experience yeah i was like at my cousin's house and they lived on a farm and so we had to like go outside and clean yeah. up all this stuff outside Aaron and grew it up was in nebraska like, just to... yeah well this was in kansas so okay. it was right on theme yeah. <laughs> if you've yeah. seen the wizard of us yeah. um but yeah and so we had to go outside and like pick up all this stuff and then i remember they had a pool so then one of my cousins was like we need to put the pool cover on you go on that side which was like the far side away from the house away from everything and i couldn't see across the pool i could only hear them and the rain was like whipping and um yeah there was like a tornado a mile away that's crazy and i was like and then afterwards i don't know if you guys have ever experienced this but the sky gets like really orange after bad storms Uh Oh, it was uh, like when we were in Yosemite, yeah. and it was like the fires. Kind of apocalyptic. Yes. Yeah. Like, you felt like it was, like, suffocating. I don't know. I've never felt that before, but then, yeah, traumatized me. When was that? When, how old were you? I was nine. I was in okay. third grade. Uh, a year after you saw Speed. Supposedly. <laughs> we're going to have to fact check this. Keep that in mind. <laughs> it all plays in together. Yeah, oh. yeah no. I. Uh, well, now I'm out of the Midwest, so I don't have to worry about that. We thought about you when we were thinking about the movie. So. Oh my gosh! Um, well, if it makes you feel any better, we're we're due for the big earthquake to hit. So, oh jeez. At least I don't know it's coming. It's not like all day. Okay, this afternoon it's gonna be horrible. You, just, you didn't think yeah. I had a. My wooden spoons out here in the garage, huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> no. He comes to stir the pot. <laughs> Sweet. Any anything else? This that was Speed. Thanks for tuning in. Check back in on Christmas Eve when we release a action Christmas movie. We have one that's you know pretty obvious, but I'll just wait until it's released. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, that movie has Thank got enough C four to blow a hole in the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you next time.